Excuse me, Veronica. <clears throat> yes, what is it, Brick? I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party, the pants with the pants. Party with pants. Hello and welcome to the Pants Party. I'm Max Brecky, along with me as always, Harrison Starr and Benjamin Ross. Fellas, how are y'all doing? I'm doing great. Got a white claw in one of the white claw shaped uh, Yeti style koozies, so I am in a tremendous mood, Max. I didn't know they made such a thing, but I need to go get one now. You do. You do. A cool $20 uh, free advertisement for Brewmate. (laughs) I was about to say, I thought you said Yeti. Uh, Yeti doesn't make anything under $80. Yeti style. Yeti Ah, style. Ah, Yeti knockoff. Not true. I have a Yeti Yeti tumbler, and that cost me $15. Uh, uh, I don't believe, whatever. Um, I don't believe. <laughs> Free advertisement for my Yeti Tumblr. What's up? I have one too, but yeah, I know it was more than fifteen dollars. Um, okay, no. I was going to say something intelligent, then I forgot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, no, no. What kind of white claw? That was it. Oh, uh, intelligent. Yeah. Uh, we have a deal uh, in my household. Christina gets the lime and black cherry. I get the grapefruit and raspberry. And I drank all the grapefruit last night, so uh, raspberry it is. Why, why do you pronounce the P in raspberry so hard? I just think it's funny. I don't oh. know. <laughs> I, I didn't know if this was like a real thing you did. Interesting, or... interesting, interesting. Um, have you had the mango flavor yet? I have not yet. Have I, have I, did I ask this last week? We, we have no. not talked about mango flavored uh, White Claws. What are those oh. like? Uh, I I mean, I've got very, very little opinions on White Claws. I don't think they're not my first, second, third, fourth, or fifth choice best. of beverage i've had them all and i think they all taste the exact same but apparently among all my friends who drink white claws they hate mango and i have one friend who loves the mango and he'll only drink it and he'll bring that to all the pregames because nobody else would drink his white claws that way that's fair i respect Um, that move yeah yeah so that's it i think they're fine but like i said last week white claws i'm only having one if my intention is to fight your father yeah get, get fall have a falling out with my father and get written out of the will like that kind of drunk all right so as uh i'm gonna quote ben ross from two minutes 45 seconds ago i don't want to fiddle fuck around tonight and here we are talking, <laughs> here we are talking about white cloth for about two minutes and 30 seconds so anyway um, we got a big podcast for you guys this time. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of the Nebraska game. We're going to review the Iowa football season, talk some Big Ten awards, and then there's some Iowa basketball. Big game against Pitt that they played a couple of days ago now. Uh, they're playing a huge stretch against Iowa State, Wisconsin, and Michigan State, and there's a little bit of drama going on. But So let's start a little bit with Nebraska. We started talking about Nebraska before we did the podcast. Um, ben. You had some thoughts. Sorry, I had to find my unmute button. Yeah, um, <laughs> Nebraska. I would have loved to have beaten Nebraska by 30 or 40 or 50 like the past couple of years. Um, and we didn't. It kind of kind of sucked. Uh, you know, it was, it was definitely not the worst 
uh, game I would have played all year. I mean, we had a we were up eighteen um, with however many minutes left to go in the game, and then that didn't happen. Um, you know, the fake field goal, whatever. Obviously, if it works, we're we're thrilled. Iowa probably does win by thirty, like I said, and uh, it didn't work. And Nebraska had just enough. Uh, of a room of a cushion to make it a game, which really sucked. Really, really sucked how they made it made it a game. I think you said Max, you've ever been more upset after a win. Um, I'm in the camp of W is a W. I really hate how he gave Nebraska ammunition, Nebraska fans ammunition on the troll boards. Um, <sighs> but they're they're delusional and we're not. So uh, we're gonna win the next four games. Doesn't matter. Yeah. One hundred percent. Nebraska won't beat us until at least twenty twenty three. That's my oh. take on it. I'll take that. Yeah, no, I hope I actually, Nebraska fans are listening to this too. Yeah, that, yeah. It's, uh, very <laughs> excited for for the trolling to incur via podcast. But uh, you know, the more I kind of thought about it, the more I thought, you know what? It's fine in, in Ben's camp. You know, you you would like to see him win by thirty or forty points. But here's a flip take. Nebraska Ooh. thinks they're closer than they actually are. So they'll go into next year with maybe a little too much confidence. Feeling like, oh. All, all aboard. Love it. So, <laughs> are you saying that uh, uh, Kirk is playing the long game here? He's not playing the long game. Kirk doesn't. Uh, I'm just saying I'm flipping. Because I was like Max. Like, I've never really been more angry after a loss. It's like this game could have been a 30-point beatdown. Iowa had him right there, four yards away. Two Mechie Sargent's runs, you know, figure he's on fire. Why not give him the ball a couple times? But they didn't. Um, Nebraska was able to flip it. Credit to them. They do deserve credit in this. And uh, I don't know. Like, you look and try and find the positives in things. And in that respect, I also went back and looked at some other things, uh, mainly the pit game from a couple years ago. I'm like, did something similar happen in the Pittsburgh game? And yes, it did. Iowa went and scored a touchdown with about six minutes left, and then they allowed a five-minute drive for Pittsburgh to score and tie it up, and then they got another last-second field goal. So, uh, you know what? Is what it is. A win's a win. Would have liked to have a couple more of them this season, but you know what? Eight and four. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, yeah, I was incredibly upset after the game. My fiance was really upset with me because I was very upset with the way that I won that game, <laughs> um, <laughs> and that I would not calm down and just accept that they had won for like a good like hour. I was talking about it, um, but <laughs> that's beside the point. Um, the real. I mean, yeah, they won. I was happy about it. I'm happy about it now. You know, I'm not upset about the win anymore. But yeah, in the moment, just the way that I will, you know, allowed that one to get close. I Ben and I were talking about this after Harrison got kicked out very momentarily a little bit ago. But I, I mean, we didn't dislike that fake field goal move in the moment. You know, like ballsy move. Thinking about it a little bit more, and you know, hindsight 2020. If they had just run the ball on third and two. uh you know, maybe they pick that up right there, or maybe they get it to win within a yard. You can QB sneak and, uh, 
you know, you know maybe now, that'll... Now that we're talking about it, I do hate the fake field goal. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. Now, like, in hindsight, I hate like, it. But I, in, like the moment, in the I moment, I was like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Like, you're if you're going to go for six, then why not... You've beat him up the whole game. Why not try and beat him up one, maybe two more times? Or if you're just going to play the safe game, you know, get up three possessions. It didn't make sense to deceive him like that. I get it. The fakes worked, I guess, what, five out of five times? We didn't have a fake that didn't work all season. So I, I get maybe the arrogance of the fake working, but um, it just seemed like there could have been a better means to what they were trying to do. Yeah. I mean, and at, at that moment, I don't know, what is it? I think like a few plays later, maybe very shortly after, I think, after they did that, they had said that Iowa hadn't run a negative play for the entire game mm-hmm. before that point. And I think that their very next drive, they actually came out and their very first play was a negative run, but which which is beside the point. That's just something I At the time of the fake, I don't think they had a negative play. Yeah, no, they didn't for sure about okay. at the time of the fake. Um, but I just thought that that was, you know, like if I had known that in the moment, I would have been infuriated with the fake field goal attempt. You know, and, and and then when they did it, I was like, ah, like I'm unhappy they didn't get it, but whatever. Points would have been nice. Yeah, knowing that they didn't hadn't run a fake or they hadn't run a negative play, and that you know they had been do- and knowing that they had dominated the Nebraska front seven for the entirety of the game so far, you know, running the ball is probably the smart move instead of the pass, and it wasn't even a very good passing play. Like it wasn't well designed by any means. Um, if Amir Smith Marset had caught it, he would have maybe even still been short of mm-hmm. the first down mm-hmm. marker. I don't remember for sure. It was close. Oh yeah, that third down play. Yeah, yeah. third down and play I know was. He wasn't there for, He wasn't the first target either. But yeah, that was a that was kind of a rough play call. But I think if, if yeah. it works, it's fine. I mean, that's always how it ends up, right? I mean, that's always kind of Jonas' point is, hey, you you. When it works, the play calling almost doesn't matter. It's when it doesn't work is when it matters. So you never think about the times that it might have been a bad decision, but it worked out in the end. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that's about all I have to say with the Nebraska game, unless you all have anything else. Um, Shout out Makai Sargent. Ben's least favorite player from weeks one to like six or seven. Oh, four at the absolute <laughs> latest, and I'll still maintain that. I'm I'm gonna go back and listen to these old podcasts yeah. and make a montage. Don't I, you worry. I believe I, think I it definitely was the Wisconsin game. Ben was very not in the bandwagon, and that was like uh, week four or five. I disagree. I I know it wasn't the Wisconsin game because I was in goddamn Croatia. For that game <laughs> so oh, it was even right. after that <laughs> after, i was trying to help you ben I was no help you. no i remember specifically it was in like the northern iowa game because now i'm gonna look up that box score whatever all right well Keep while you do that. i'll still maintain i think torn young should darby won i'll still say it uh, I, don't, I disagree very strongly disagree that, no that was the take you always had right and that's fine. it was no i think his take was that torn young it was yeah i think his take was torn young then ivory kelly martin then makai Sargent. no it was and, and Ivory Kelly Martin was obviously, I mean, I think that we can say this now, once again, hindsight, a very obviously hurt for a very good portion of the season. Right, and we're, we're talking about the beginning. Uh, well, I don't know. Um, 
Well, he missed games early on too. He missed what? Did he? What did he miss? Yeah, did he miss like the he Iowa was, State game? I think he missed a Northern Iowa game. And he, he did. He definitely Iowa missed State. the Iowa State game. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I remember any of that game. <laughs> but uh, God, uh, my my internet's slow. I'm waiting for a box score to load. Oh, all right. Well, yeah, this is this is just. Let's go. No, well, I'll grandstanding I'll, here on your part. I'll shoehorn uh, Makai Sargent takes um what, what were we going to talk is i have a basketball next or would have something else <laughs> you want to talk about the football season kind of how how we feel about it in hindsight? yeah disappointed um i i'm i was still adamant at the beginning of the season that 10 wins was the the floor with or without a bowl game um and we're gonna fall we'll probably fall depending on who we play i mean i, I think we'll, who uh, talk about the bowl game who right now are projected to play oregon most likely right oh my god right it's like Oregon or Washington State. <laughs> I don't want to play either. Oh no, I don't want to play either. So well, I'm I guess this. I'm guess I'm fine with Oregon now that uh, Justin Herbert is supposedly done. Um, I suppose I. Um. Yeah. God, talk God. about it. Yeah, so we're probably gonna have eight wins uh, on the season. Uh, we'll probably we'll lose it. if we win the bowl game. That kind of redeems it, especially if it is a quality team like Washington State. Um, Washington is good. Yeah, they're really Real good. good. Yeah. So that would be a really really nice cherry that would polish the turd that it was this season, in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> overall, I mean, pretty. I'm disappointed more than anything, probably with even not even the Noah fan stuff. Just in general, I thought Nate Stanley. I he I, he was one of the most exciting players I can remember. I have never been more excited to watch a player in an Iowa uniform than Nate Stanley this year. Um, in my in my Iowa fandom career, and it, I was just really disappointed. I I still think he should be the starter. I never. The only time I ever found myself, I can say with honesty, questioning. Um, his abilities, questioning whether he should be playing, was in the second half of the Penn State game, um, and I, I'm not really sure. You know what? I, I'm not going to call it a regression. Just I'm going to call it stagnation. I think would be the best. Stagnation's good. Yep. Um, yeah. Stagnation and uh, uh, of the season. I don't know what to attribute it to. I don't know if it's because we have an offensive coordinator, uh, an offensive lineman as our offensive coordinator. I don't know if it's because Ken O'Keefe might not be the best quarterback developer. I don't know if it's because this the weird thing where people have on Kirk on a history of quarterbacks regressing under Kirk, which I don't necessarily buy into either. Uh I don't I mean I don't I don't buy just into because it. just because it's happened before doesn't mean it's a trend. Right. Right. Um and I mean that it totally ignores Ricky Stanzi's season um by saying that and I think that's whatever. Um and that like Bethard was hurt for his entire senior yeah. season, etc. Yeah. yeah. Um I don't know what this. I mean, the the right rushing rushing was uh, the whole running running game as a whole was really disappointing. Um, we didn't have a hundred yard rusher until second to last game of the season, third to last game. Right. Yeah, second uh, last. It was which the Illinois game? It, uh, just really, really disheartening. I think the offensive line overperformed overall in pass blocking and run blocking more or less um max did you, how many times did stanley get sacked this year did you see i didn't it didn't i couldn't find it okay um, uh not he was pretty well protected for the most part though i think and i mean when he was getting pressured he you know he does a very good job at not getting tackled mm-hmm. as some of you might know mm-hmm. uh stanley was sacked 13 times this year oh wow How'd oh you yeah find you that live so with fast? that man that's awesome um and he was sacked 25 times last year 
Yeah, you will definitely take that. Yeah, yeah. that's that's one a game this year. You take that. Um, I think the offensive line played really well. Um, maybe uh, I think our, our receivers were kind of not as good as they were maybe even a year ago. Easily kind of um, wasn't the force I thought. He, not the force, but I mean, he had. He wasn't the receiver that Stanley needed like, yeah, all the he, time. He had, um, I mean, all the stats dipped significantly, more or less. He had almost 200 fewer receiving yards and 10 fewer catches. Um, and there was really, I think Brandon Smith, he had some moments. Um, There's just weird stuff going on, I think, with when your two best targets are tight ends and you, you, um, you know, you have to try and just, uh, I don't know. I really don't know, man. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like the offense, it's just feels like there are a lot of question marks and yeah, Stanley didn't I play just as don't well know what the they could have done better. Sorry, like I I I don't know what this offense could have done better outside of Nate Stanley being better. I I don't know, that's all I'm trying to say, I guess. <laughs> Run the ball early in the season, but that's about it. I mean, the receivers were pretty dang good this season when Stanley was getting them the ball. Yeah, uh, I mean, not as many drops yeah. this year, and I mean, last year that was a huge problem with Amir Smith Marset and Noah Fant. Uh, I mean, while they did have their fair share, the team as a whole, you know, it wasn't anywhere near last season where you could just pinpoint all can, of the drops. I can say without question, this was the happiest I've ever been at a drop standpoint as an Iowa fan. I remember yeah. two seasons ago with Jerminic Smith just <sighs> poking oh, my eyes rough. out. Yeah, was the absolute worst. Yeah, that was that was also just a fucking horrendous receiving core in hindsight. If you none, none of those guys stuck, and none of them were ever really healthy, they just never that team just never figured it out. And that's the other reason why when you know you look back and you're like, ah, C.J. Beathard's senior year was pretty bad. But, uh, not right to grass. Yeah, it was just kind of weird. Um, it, uh, I think the the thing that we're going to look back on is just <laughs> yeah. why why didn't we identify the best playmakers and have them on the field as much as possible um you know cuz that was really the talk coming in the season was Brian Ferentz was going to you know he was going to get the ball in the hands of playmakers and he did that like i do think Fant's numbers d- stepped up a little bit Hawkinson took a huge step forward we saw it from Smith. Uh, Sargent ended up being the right running back at the end, but it just kind of se- seemed like it was just way too late for, for all of that to really come together. And that's why, like, after that Illinois game, that was when actually the most mad I had ever been after a game. It's like, well, now we figured it out against a crappy Illinois team. So it just a lot of question marks. And since this team's so young, I think really only Render is the only senior and uh, Reynolds. Oh, and Reynolds is a senior as well. Okay, yeah. so we'll see. And easily, those two depart easily. Depart one or both tight ends. tight ends. I would say, I like, I would assume both tight ends are gone. I don't know if Hawkinson's stock can get any higher than it is, especially if he wins the, the national award. So I guess now that I go through it, it's like, oh, now we have five people leaving. But I do think there's a pipeline of tight ends. I do. There I always is. Cook. They're always going to be. The receivers are going to be a year better. They're going to have another year with Stanley. Running backs is well, starting to be able to stay healthy. Stanley's not going to leave. I don't know. 
Dumb. <laughs> Dumb. Well, I guess if he were to lose out in open competition, he would leave. No, I don't think he's. He, he, they won't. There won't be a competition. We know Kirk Ferentz. Stanley is next happy. year's starter. It's yeah. It's, if he, if Stanley comes back next year, he's the starter. And there's um, how what's the percentage? Are we saying it's like ninety percent? I guess we can back. wait till bowl game depth chart. <laughs> where they or no, they release it after <laughs> they they release it after the bowl game for the first time ever two years ago. A la CJB over Rudock or three years ago rather now. Basically saying yeah, four years ago. Rudock, see you later. Yeah. Wow. Later, we're Jake. Old. Yeah, God. That would be wild. I would say that there's maybe a 1% chance of that happening, and even that's probably Less high. Um, of which? Just a replacement or, like, Stanley leaving? No, the the pseudo kickout. I can't imagine uh, yeah. kicking him out. I, I kind of want to go back, sorry, to something you said at the beginning of your uh, monologue, Harrison, where you said yeah. that it took forever uh, uh, for Iowa to f- get the ball in the hands of its playmakers. Um or figure out who its playmakers were, rather. And, yeah, I think that's really – I'm mad thinking about that right now. It took forever to figure out Makai Sargent um, was clearly running back number one. That took at least eight games. Um, no, the whole Noah fan thing. Hawkinson felt utilized, a little underutilized, if anything, possibly. Uh, Ooh, the only, that's, a like take. That that's a take. The only – and Brandon Smith, I mean, he had his moments, but, I mean – I I wouldn't call him a playmaker quite yet. Uh, the only playmaker I feel like who we really um, made an effort to get the ball to was Amir Smith Marset, and I only say that because he's a he was our kick returner too. That's um, a good. T- yeah, yeah. Even even he didn't. And didn't seem like his they utilized him. Like he he doubled his receiving yards from a year ago, but he has the same amount of touchdowns. He only has two touchdowns this year. Um, and so I think he'll. You know, he's going to be a junior next year. I think he has a potential to have a breakout year and be a slot receiver that Iowa hasn't had since I've been a freaking fan. Uh, but, yeah, it is that's really frustrating because when I say it out loud, you know, that's four or five playmakers, and only one of them felt like he um, made any sort of impact on the season, and even then his output really was minimal simply just because that's the way the offense operated. So, if we could have five playmakers on the field at one time, it would be the tight ends, probably Amir Smith, Marset, Makai Sargent, Marcus, yeah, and Brandon Smith. I mean Stanley. Well, no, no. Well, that's <laughs> no, the the, I was doing yeah. the five linemen oh. and this quarterback. So the other five. I mean, yeah, it'd be Smith or Smith or I, easily. easily a year ago. I would have said easily as a playmaker. Now Austin I, Kelly actually. Mm, Austin Kelly. Yeah, more of a uh, uh, oh no, Brady Ross guy myself. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see who takes easily snaps next year. I mean, does Tyrone yeah, Tracy word. all aboard the hype train? That's what you wrote in your pre-game predictions that we never posted. I know it's, mm-hmm. we can still post those. We still probably like. will. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so yeah, defense uh, was great. Phil Parker better stay. Uh, if he doesn't, I don't know what we're going to do. Um, do you think that if Phil Parker leaves, Kirk Ferentz would leave? Like, I mean, there's really no heir apparent to that defense. That would be hilarious if Kirk is like, oh, oh, fuck this shit. Yeah. The, <laughs> throw the papers out. What am I going to do? Put Seth Wallace back there? What? What do you want me to do? 
Nothing against Seth. I think he'd be. He's, I like. I mean, no, Lavar. I think he's Seth the defensive Wallace. coach of the future yeah. for Iowa. Just I don't think he's there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I have to say about this Iowa football season. Disappointed. I picked them to win eight wins or win eight games. So, I mean, cool. I'm disappointed with the way that it happened, but I told everybody. <laughs> I told y'all. Was that all after me? Was that with or without a bowl game? I didn't care. I, I think, think I said both. That. I think I said both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lose the bowl game. Yeah, that this will stink if they lose a bowl game. But it's like I, I, part of me, if we look ahead to the bowl game, whoever it may be, to me the best case scenario for Iowa going forward is if they play a good team, they get rolled again, and it forces some inner. Like just, you know, some, I don't know, introspection. If There's introspection hasn't happened by now, it's not. It's not going to happen. After <laughs> it always seems word. to happen. At no, it doesn't. Just like what every three or four years. Well, I guess five or six seven years. years. Oh god. I don't know. The seven problem years. is so like obviously you're thinking about the Hawkslayer Bowl. Um, yeah, that. This team is so much better than yeah. that team. So much better is a thing. Like that team was legitimately. That team was lucky to win seven or eight games that year. I don't even remember who was on that team. Um, what year is that? Twenty four. Jonathan Parker. 23. You love that guy. That f- uh, big Jonathan Parker fan. I've often said it. Mm-hmm. Um, a really underperforming Jake Rudock. Uh, I mean, it was the year before twenty fifteen, which yeah, that's how we ears work. I have nothing else to say about this football team. Let's talk basketball, unless you guys. Uh, football Jeff awards. Brom back. Oh yeah, yeah shut up. back. That I'm sucks. Not happy about it. It yeah, sucks. It. it does. All right, all right does. Boiler Hawk, get out of here. I know. Yeah, I'm less than thrilled. I went back and we did the like, which game would you be most mad if Iowa lost? I remember that one, and I remember I went back and my prediction for that game was like. You know, if Iowa loses this, it'll still be exciting, so it'll be at least fun to watch them lose. And then I was watching that game, and, like, that was not fun to watch Iowa lose that way. But, yeah. Are you proud? No, I just, I actually hate myself for that. Um, do we want to talk about the football awards real quick? I think Ben wanted to talk about Big Ten awards. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Um, Anthony Nelson was a second team and a third team selection. With nine and a half sacks on the year, while Chase Winovich was a unanimous first team selection with only four sacks. That's all I have to say. Yeah, Chase Winovich, maybe overrated. Um, yeah, shocked. I've never seen a Michigan defensive player be overrated before of the Harbaugh era. <laughs> Do you think. <laughs> am I going to make Winovich jokes next year? Jabril. No. Yeah, no, we need to. Chase. Well, my take was I don't even think Winovich plays on this Iowa team. That was no. a take. No, he doesn't. Absolutely not. Uh, he he definitely does. Like but... he'd play over Golston, but I I don't would he? like. Yes. But it would be close. I think it would be close. He Disagree. actually no. He would be in the doghouse. Well, the yeah. I mean, put, put oh, up yeah. with the shit. Him yeah. And, him and the Paulsons would knock it along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Definitely not. Um. But yeah. No. I mean, you y'all are just trying to y'all. I mean. I don't think he plays above. Well, the other thing what you got to think about is this: 
AJ Epinesa is a second stringer on this team. So like, you know, being the best athlete on the line, the best player on the line doesn't necessarily mean you're playing. Um, he played enough to get first team though. Like I can only imagine what he's going to look like next year. He had better stats. I didn't realize this till I wrote that piece up. He had better stats than Anthony Nelson did. By a lot, by far. Like, it, just, it was wild. I was going to say, y'all just going to let me sit no, here and Jordan wallow in silence. No, posted that tweet thread of all his, mm-hmm. like, his clips that he had of Epinesa, and it's just like, he's just so mean. Like, I don't know if maybe Joe Wieskamp's the right guy to compare him to, but I I think he might be because, like, you see him, and he's clearly, like, meant to be on the field. And sometimes he can really tap into just, like, his sheer potential on a play. But they show almost no emotion. Epinesa does. But, like, seeing him on the sideline, like, he just kind of stares blankly ahead, the thousand-yard stare, and then he just goes in and wrecks left tackles. Like, I mean, my God. Like, that just has to be so demoralizing. Do we think that AJ Epinesa is a human being? Like, is he human? He, he's an Easter Island head. Part cyborg? <laughs> Definitely part cyborg. I'd, I'd buy that. Um, yeah. Um, and then, uh, because the, uh, none of his players, you know, really won any Big Ten, all Big Ten awards, uh, Scott Frost is announcing that he's going to award his own awards this season. You know, just like what he did is last that year. true? That... UCF national championship rings. Wait, wait, are you making this up? No, so yeah, Stoops made that up. Oh God. <laughs> uh, our our boy. God. Stoops, my ass, just commented that on the offensive uh, awards post that I just that I did earlier. Yeah, no, um, the, the fans at Nebraska are very upset that they did not have an offensive freshman of the year award for Adrian Martinez, when Rondell Moore, in fact, does exist. Rondell Moore, like, that's... He's a monster. Part of, like, he really is, like, I said watching him that Northwestern game, this guy is like Saquon Barkley, and he did not disappoint all year. Like, both as just a fan of college football and as a Purdue fan. I mean, that guy is so freaking electric, so fun to watch. You know who didn't show up to the Iowa game, though? Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore. It's about the only good thing I would. People forget that. No, I, all, that was the only good thing I would did defensively was shut him down. They overcommitted. <laughs> yeah, they way overcommitted to shutting down Rondell Moore. Whatever. All right, now we're done talking about Iowa football. Uh, basketball six and zero as of um, now. Wh- whatever today is, uh, the yeah. day that you're listening to this, they are six and zero. Um, it is currently November twenty eighth. We will probably post this November thirtieth. Ranked. Still undefeated. Ranked. November 30th morning. Ranked. Number 14. Go Hawks. Um, it's wild. As we look at how they've played. Because they've played pretty well. And even that Pittsburgh game, like they really threw the clamps on them defensively. It makes you wonder what it would have looked like if they could have come out like that. They didn't. So, you know, we is, had uh, to live through two missed free throws and two missed buzzer beaters on the other end. So that was... That was stressful. Certainly stressful, but yeah, I mean, if they're able to beat Wisconsin, and, and I think they should, like I think they're gonna 
unless Brad Davison draws five freaking charges again. God help me if that happens. I'll drive up from Arkansas and slash I'm, the I didn't realize Ethan Happ has a double-double every game this year. Ethan Happ... Oh, here we go. You just opened just up. I know exactly what I was the doing code there. on Ken Palm. He knows exactly what to do. This is a one-shining <laughs> podcast thing, so I'm got to credit it. But he is like the player that you make in 2K where you just get so excited about putting all these stats up. Post moves, layups, passing. And then you forgot, oh crap, it's 2018, I need someone that can shoot. But you've already allocated all your stats, so you're like, oh, I'm not going to allocate any more stats or figure it out again. Because how, how is it 2018, he's been playing college basketball for four years, he can't make a free throw or a three-pointer, and he's still like top ten in this Ken Palm player of the year rankings. I don't get it. Are you Were you saying that? Uh, I'm not I gonna, just don't get it. I'm not going to trigger you more. <laughs> I just don't get it. It's just, uh, Are you upset? I'm not upset. I just, I'm sick and tired of Ethan Happ's bullshit. I mean, this is the last year of Ethan Happ, I think. Is it? Mm-hmm. We'll see. <laughs> it's just one of those players that, you know, you know who I'm really not looking forward to Iowa having to play, though? Really not looking forward to having them play Buzzcut Brad. Yeah, I put I put <laughs> that in my Q and A to BF whatever Bucky's fifth quarter. Um, uh, Joe Wieskamp is gonna foul out in about five minutes from charges because mm-hmm. he's uh, he's racking them up so far in the season. I think I know he wasn't early on in the season. He really isn't anymore. But yeah, the charge is the worst thing in college basketball. Is it not Ethan? And Hatt? the charge, like the thing about the charge, is it just it levels the playing field too much. Like, I mean, I understand, like, the fun thing about college basketball is you can have teams that are totally different. You can have a UMBC over Virginia. You can, and that's awesome. You can have Virginia play their style of basketball, which it's is... awful. Don't say it's awesome. Unique. You can have them play, and, like, they will shut down Duke this year. Guarantee it. And that is fun to watch. But No, it's not. <laughs> the charge is horrible. The charge is the worst thing in sports. So, I played Pitt last night. And, wow. <laughs> oh, good redirect. And uh, <laughs> we, I think Pitt's obviously really vastly imp- There was some weird shit that happened last night. Let's, um, let's just go with, you know, some weird punches thrown. Not thrown, thrown or not thrown between Pitt and Iowa. And Iowa sort of playing good defense for 90 seconds at a time in the second half, which might be enough um, to have really great defense for 90, 90 second spurts compared to last year where he had no defense for an entire 20 minutes consecutively. Uh, to me, I just want to drive the point across. It's a game we lose 10 times out of 10 last year. Um, and we won, you know, Pitt did kind of screw up two shots to win the game at the end, but Whatever those shots fell, those those shots always fall against Iowa, and um, they didn't last night, and that's the first time I've seen them not fall. I feel like, and uh, you know, that's the most reassuring thing I can think of or see as a fan is um, seeing the way the team ended the game last night. Uh, free throws at the end were concerning, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, they hit most of them just 
Cook's is does Cook lack the uh, clutch gene? It's hard to say. I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I think you obviously want to see him hit those free throws, but he also, like, I mean, I was actually incredibly impressed with Tyler Cook in that game. Like, he wasn't getting the ball in the spots he likes. He had to move even more out to the perimeter than he probably would have preferred, but he was still getting to the line. Um, he made a couple assists. He actually didn't have a turnover, which is crazy because of the way they were playing him. Granted, he didn't have the ball as much, but... I, I, the effort that he gave on defense is something that you wouldn't have seen from Iowa before this season. Um, I, I think the way they came out that second half, I think it was Nicholas Bear who said, you know, this is the type of game that ends up in the 90s last year versus this year they realize, you know, they make adjustments in the second half to cut off the lanes, to be play smaller for most of that second half and you know it was nice to see like I mean just because you know it also felt like it was a type of game where Fran McCaffrey might have lost it because there were so many weird foul calls or non-calls and he didn't um which I think shows maybe a little bit of confidence in the team that you know maybe he didn't have in past seasons like I think that was pretty uh I was very encouraged by the win. And against a Power 5 team, you take them how you can get them. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to know, Harrison, what you think this team's ceiling is. That's a good question, Ben. Uh, how many games do they play? Uh, I, I, think, I actually don't know how many. Really I mean, if we're talking absolute ceiling, I think it's Sweet 16. I thought the same thing this um, morning. And if we're talk but if we're talking like median, I think it's a successful season if they make the tournament. And then it just really comes down Absolutely. to matchups and the and then it comes down to matchups. I am a little bit nervous uh back I call it reverse Izzoing where I, for two or three years in a row it felt like Fran team Fran's team peaked in January or December even. Um, and just totally gone into the postseason ass first. Um, it felt like it happened in 2014 with the uh, play-in game against Tennessee. I think that team lost like, like six of their last seven games or something, or five of the last six. And then the game, the year, the following year with Utah, where he was, what was the highest ranking? Like number three, number four? Yeah, yeah. And Top five. Only won one game in the tourney that year. Um. Sneakily, I think the 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 loss to going back to ancient history, the loss to Tennessee was really detrimental because that team had the easiest road in the world to the Sweet 16. Tennessee made the Sweet 16; they didn't play anybody. Um, so that's just discouraging. To, and I I don't know why. I'm just nervous about the success we're seeing so early, just because we've seen it totally wasted um, in a not super small sample size. Yeah. I mean, to an extent, but at the same time, teams that, you know, make the tournament and make noise and, you know, make the Big Ten tournament and make noise there, they're generally the teams that start good or they start well. Pardon me. That was incredibly, <laughs> incredibly unprofessional of me. They start well, they end well. You know, and... I don't know. You know, Michigan State always has a yeah, slow start. 
Yeah. I mean, They're also playing a pretty stacked schedule. Yeah, they always play like, you know, Duke or Kentucky to begin mm-hmm. the season. You know, which are teams that are always like miles ahead of them to start out. But, you know, those teams that make noise like that, you know, they're generally the teams that are the best teams in the conference. And to be the best team in the conference or, you know, up there in that discussion, you need to be good all season long. So, I mean, this is, I'm tempering expectations still. I'd like to see what they do with this next few games, the Wisconsin or Iowa State and, uh, the you know, whatever they're called, the uh, Michigan State. Yeah, that's them. You know, I'd like to see what they do with that stretch, but, you know, I'm pleased. And I'm not really worried about a late-season collapse yet until we cross that road if we get there. Yeah, if Iowa's got 20 wins and there are, like, four or five games left and, you know, they kind of collapse at the end and they miss a tournament because of it, I mean, I think that's going to be frustrating for everyone. But I I just... There are also the times where they've peaked. Aaron White's senior year, right, once all the other seniors had left, they blew out Davidson or was... Am I getting them mixed up? Like, they were peaking then. Oh, yeah, that was a Davidson. Like, I mean, they peaked when they got to the championship game of the NIT... They peaked in Matt Gaynton's senior year. So, I mean, there there have been, you know, it's nine years, so you have things of both on both sides. But it does feel like, to, to Max's point, they've gotten so high and they haven't been able to maintain. I think that is something that hurts. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I also think what we see with the Iowa fandom is just people are much more willing to hedge, and I think part of it is you have these two big 10 games like I think everyone's really waiting to go all in to be like okay we know Wisconsin we know Michigan State from their brands if Io can split or win both of them then we're all in for the rest of the season and I think that's maybe part of the guard up and I also just think like there's just it's just the, the dynamic between basketball where it seems like there are sneaky high expectations in football where there are also high expectations, but like just more willingness to be fine with seven and eight win seasons. I just think it's like that dynamic is just very interesting to me. And I haven't quite figured out how to place it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think this can be a sweet 16 team, but if they make the tournament, it's, a successful season even if it's in the first four games like I, I think you know you gotta you gotta take steps yeah I mean ultimately the ultimately what will make me happy this season is if Iowa wins two Big Ten tournament games I yeah yeah, I say two. Is that if you guys think that's fair? Two Big Ten tournament. That means wins. they won the championship because they're gonna have a double bye. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. No, I, uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think two two Big Ten tournament wins is good because that probably cements them into the NCAA. And yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, I'd like to. I'd like to see a Sweet Sixteen team. I've seen plenty of uh, round of thirty-two teams. By plenty, I mean like what two or three. Two, but you know, <laughs> two. <laughs> and yeah, but you know, I've seen a couple of those, and obviously, honestly, you know, you just want Iowa to be successful. 
That's all we really want. We're, um... I was sneaky within the news about Cordell Pemsel yesterday. Uh, I was out for the year. I was kind of sneaky thin. Uh, <laughs> no, I like this. This is good, actually. Th- no, I agree. I think the rotation is... Um, tightening up is better. I've always kind of wanted Fran to tighten up his rotations, and now for the first time, he has to do it by necessity. I was really surprised to hear Nunji still plans to redshirt, uh, even with Pemsel's injury. Uh, makes a little bit of sense, I guess. But uh, this is sort of uh, unseen territory as an Iowa fan watching uh, this team now, and I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, the rotation the year that they were ranked top five for a minute, that was a pretty sm- small rotation from what I recall. Yeah, it was nine men. I mean, nine guys is the right size rotation for college basketball, especially the way Fran wants to play. So seeing it get there out of necessity is good. Obviously, you wish that kind of the 10th and 11th players were someone where it was might be able to add to the ceiling instead of just you kind of hope that Nothing Hope bad happens when they're out yeah. there. Um, but I liked what I've seen from Riley Till so far. <laughs> did, did we see any Riley Till in the pit game? Not in the pit game, no, which I, mm-hmm. I actually kind of thought was interesting. Um, Loved seeing him against Oregon. Oh, yeah. That Loved was it. That was a high For like match. five minutes, right? Like it, it was uh, tremendous. Yeah, yeah oh. it was a long time. Yeah, Wild. it was long enough, you mean. He accumulated some stats. Wild. What a time. Oh, that was beautiful. It was what? like weeks ago. Harrison, like 30, it's like 30 internet years ago. Harrison, if Iowa beats Wisconsin, do you think you would still consider us overranked? I mean, I think that gets Iowa into the top 10, so yeah. 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 But I think, I think, right, they're, they're, because it's about, it's about balancing kind of what you're seeing and who they're playing and who they're beating. Like, I think they're appropriately ranked right now. Um, just because you haven't seen that many multiple impressive wins from teams now that Iowa's got, I, cause I think Pitt's going to be pretty good. Like, I think that's going to be a feather in Iowa's cap by the end of the season. They'll be fine. I think I, th- um, I don't think they're going to be a tournament team, but. Oh no. I mean, it, but you'd rather like if they're a top hundred win, a quadrant yeah. one or quadrant mm-hmm, two, mm-hmm. however they do it now. Yeah, is but, there a top 150 win? That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So compared to last year. I say they're appropriately ranked right now, and they'll yeah. return to being overranked if they beat Wisconsin. I think that's all right, fair. All right, all right, Um, so let's see uh, how far are we into this right now. I honestly, we're at forty-six minutes, Max. Thank you very much. So we want to five uh, on uh, Mr. Dolphin. <laughs> sure, let's do it. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, and then uh, we can kind of talk a little bit more about those two upcoming games and kind of just predict what we think will happen. With the, with the Dolphin thing, I want to start with kind of just, I want to let Harrison talk because Max and I didn't grow up uh, as Iowa, in Iowa as Iowa fans. Gary, I really have no relationship or thoughts on Gary Dolphin, and you know, I never ever listened to the game on the radio. Um, I've never listened to like a full it, game on the radio. It's funny. The first time I've ever done this in my entire life as an Iowa fan was this year for the first two games on BTN. When I watched them on my laptop, I synced BTN with the Gary with Gary Dolphin's call, and I've never ever done that before. And it was much improved. It was great. It was the first time I've ever listened to Gary Dolphin call a basketball game, uh, just this year, which is funny. And I just kind of want to talk about 
you know, I don't think it's a big deal what Dolphin said, but uh, I, I think if I grew up listening to him, I'd probably have different feelings. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I've listened to him off and on, kind of even since I've left Iowa. Um, but growing up, really kind of the thing that I enjoyed most about just kind of listening to him was just kind of the post-game shows. You know, it's just kind of a nostalgia thing. You'd go with my dad and see the football game or the basketball game, and then he'd kind of rush to your car so that you could hear the post-game show with Gary Dolphin and kind of their previous calls. Um, now, like, I've listened to a couple of his games, not necessarily this year, but last year, and, you know, he's losing his fastball. Not that it was really ever that fast. It's like he's our guy. Um, so I think that's kind of the most frustrating thing is, you know, he's the voice of the Hawkeyes. He's your broadcaster. So, like, you want him to really kind of always be pumping the team up. And instead of being like, you know, and there, there are even better ways to frame kind of that criticism of, man, why can't we ever get a guy who penetrates? That That's fine. I get that. I don't think it's appropriate to throw who he threw under the bus under the bus. I think there are better ways to do it. I think the comparison's apples to oranges, um, just in the sense that, you know, you're comparing someone off the bench to guys who are promised starting jobs, like you're asking them to do two completely different things. The players on offense, or on, the players on the court weren't really able to stop them. So, like, I mean, that's kind of where the criticism should maybe fall and not on Iowa's inability to do what Pittsburgh's able to do. Um... I just thought it was kind of a lot of weird things, um, and I think the two-game suspension's appropriate, uh, especially after <laughs> they made public the behind-the-scene tension, which is wild. I cannot yeah. believe they did that. Yeah, I mean, I was privileged to know, I mean, not privileged, but like I, you know, was aware of that, you know, tension um, because of positions and things I did at the university previously. But, uh, yeah, no, seeing that in the actual press release was wild. Yeah, Sorry, I want to bring up the biggest thing to me more than anything is a comment somebody said in what Gary Dolphin says in our in, in the story wrote up covering this. I know that guy. Yeah. Um, he said, I was currently 6-0 with a huge game on Friday. And now instead, the story is going to continue to be the big thing because of ongoing tensions. Gary Barda continues to be the worst. Fire Dolph or don't, but don't come out here with this weak vag booking. Iowa has gone full Iowa this whole thing. That's exactly right. This team is 6-0 after many, myself included, predicted we'd be maybe like 1-5 right now or 2-4. And, and the most promising start in the last three or four years of Fran basketball after an offseason of nothing but drama with his contract extension and shit going on with Tyler Cook and surgeries. Uh, and this is about the best, this is absolutely the best story you could ever ask for out of the basketball team. And we were talking about the stupid, petty little behind the scenes shit going on behind this uh, elderly announcer and our power hungry, inept athletic director. Um, it's absurd. It's so unfair to these kids. It's so unfair to these fans. 
Uh, it's one more thing for Fran to fucking deal with. I don't care if he, there's any beef between him and Dolphin. They're grown-ass men that are getting paid so much money to do a job that is so privileged. Both of them. Um, it's really, really infuriating. It's not great. Uh, yeah. That's a good take, Ben. I really like that. Because, yeah, like, it's not the, like, the sto team isn't the story now. Like, it's, it, it's, and it's a total shame. You're right. Yeah, I mean, this same thing kind of happened with the football team too. You know, like it became a story of where has this person gone? What's going on with this? You know, no offense, brothers, this, this, that. And then obviously the football season didn't pan out the way that it had been on pace to pan out. But like, it's you know just one of those things where it distracts everybody from from it from you know. It creates a sideshow. It's just a circus. When you Google Iowa basketball right now, the first three stories are all about this. One of, well, one of, well, one of ours is included. Yeah, I was going to say, who who contributes to that? SEO. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it sucks, man. You can't you have to feel... I, don't, I really doubt uh, the player... Why, why are we not naming him? I really doubt Macy Daly feels like he was personally attacked. Uh, mm, I disagree. Really? Probably. I, uh, I, it, Fran is. I've heard Fran and the coaching staff are absolutely livid. I think the yeah. coaches should be more upset than the player. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, but it's also just one of those things where you know you like you have this guy who's very well respected. Not, I mean, not everybody likes Dolphin, but like you have a guy who's you know very well respected in Iowa circles. Yep. And you know he just absolutely said this is what we got stuck with. This is you know why can't our coach is it's a knock on Fran like yeah, he was trying to do is like we can't recruit, but also like you're basically saying ah well this is all that's like you know this is all we could get is this guy who's up. The recruiting thing to quick a side is so funny to me because like Harrison's like we got Wees Camp <laughs> like what yeah. <laughs> yeah we had we had someone who kept Iowa in the game that yeah. whole first half like the recruiting thing doing is so everything funny, yeah. draining doing everything that he was asking these players to do shooting threes driving to the basket that's the what like I mean to me that's why he's like Gary Dolphin just called the game where a freshman was doing the one thing that you're asking Fran to find yeah. We have we have Tyler Cook. I've right. heard of him. Like that guy was a freshman. Adam once. Woodbury he was, was a heralded yeah, recruit. Um, yeah, it, it's dumb by both sides. Uh, I guess I think yeah. I think Fran, the coaching staff, are the parties to be the most have the have a right to be the most upset here. Um, I could see Daly being upset. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. It's but Daly, I know can't do anything about it. It's up to Iowa coaches to you know fight on his behalf. Um, is what I yeah. guess. He he did like a tweet though uh, that said something along Ooh. the lines of uh, "Where was the lie?" <laughs> oh really? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did like a tweet about that, <laughs> basically saying what Gary Dolphin said. Exactly. Said, Where's the lie? I saw one of the somebody wrote up. You know the we created. You know one of the oldest mistakes known to man. We told the truth. Um, whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So anyway, um, do we think I was going to beat Wisconsin? Uh, I haven't watched a second of Iowa. I watched highlights today when I was doing Q and A, but I haven't watched them play really. Even watch Iowa or Wisconsin? Wisconsin sorry. Uh oh, <laughs> I was gonna say that's that's pretty Man, weird. You've written you've several recaps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think uh, I I think Iowa should win. 
with the raucous Carver Hawkeye Arena support. Oh my! I, they, I, it I could think be wild. I think like, tomorrow or Friday could has a chance to be Michigan State twenty fourteen esque. Yeah, I think it could be a really good crowd. Like I, I actually think Friday nights are a, a good because like um, it's been in our comments. It's just a thing everywhere. It's like sporting events are events now. They're not routine anymore. So I think. You know, putting on a Friday, people will be geared up to go to it, geared up to go out after. I think seven really p.m. tip. Friday. You're in bars by ten. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. All right, so uh, I think we all think they could beat Wisconsin. Uh, Michigan State. We probably won't do another podcast. Or we'll, we'll probably do another one before the Iowa State what day game. Is Michigan thinking. State. Monday, really. December third at five thirty p.m. Central. Oh, that's iffy. Uh. I, I've seen some Michigan State. They were, I mean, blown out. But I don't uh, know. I I just think that I I don't think Iowa is going to win in uh, East Lansing. Yeah, I think if Iowa wins there, then <laughs> the number like, one I team mean, in the country. Like I'm going to rip my shirt off like Eric Musselman. That's all has I Fran say. ever won there? All right, I'm putting you on. Uh, no, Fran, I don't think has ever won there. But uh, Harris. Yeah, yeah he, has. Has. he has. He won with Clemens. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. that. That was the. That was the. That was what got him to number three. Yeah. I think was winning at uh, Michigan State. I thought that was at home. No, we beat them at home in 2014. Wait, are we talking about the same season? I thought we were. No. They might have been. No, no, twice. we were number three in 2015. All right. All right. Yeah, because that was, that was the same also year the year that Iowa was sick. Yeah, yeah. Well, good correct. times. Uh, yeah, beat them by seventeen in, uh, in East Lansing. Yeah, I don't know. Beat a god. Yeah, beating. Starting off the year, it's eight zero. Fuck me. Yeah, but uh, we're letting <laughs> we're we're missing the real point here, which is uh, if Iowa beats Michigan State uh, at uh, on the road, then Harrison is going to rip his shirt off. Uh, on our Facebook Live channel, oh, which boy. we which we All do right. not have yet, but <laughs> we, <laughs> we we will we will make, we'll make it happen. We'll make it just for that. All right, perfect. All right, great. Can't wait to hold you to that one. That you just definitely agreed to do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm gonna get wolf ticketed on that one. <laughs> it's kind of like when you said you were gonna eat a shoe. What was that for? I don't remember. I just remember you saying you were gonna eat a shoe, and I was gonna hold you to it. There was that guy on Twitter who kept making me bets, like, oh. <laughs> bet Iowa scores more than 14 points against Illinois. Yeah, they should. Not going to bet you there. Big, big if true. All right, anyway. <laughs> um, I think that's all we have for you guys today. We'll be back next week, hopefully before the Iowa State game, so we can talk a little bit about what we've seen in the next couple of Iowa basketball games. Um, yeah, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Fuck Nebraska. Free Gary. Free Gary. Oh, my God. <laughs> what do you say? 